Hello, and welcome to The Funny Thing About Yoga, where we talk all things yoga and maybe make you laugh a little bit. I'm Gianna Gambino. And I'm Bradshaw Wish. Enjoy the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I'm having so much fun. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Funny Thing About Yoga. It's me and Gianna. Gigi, how are you? I'm doing great. I have my gorgeous, gorgeous dog in my arms. She is quite gorgeous. She looks like a little unicorn lemur, (laughs) and I'm obsessed. (laughs) I call her unicorn because of her ponytail. Like she's always have this little. Yeah, she is serving something. Pony. I don't know if it's unicorn, but she's serving something. Um, <laughs> I I'm good. I am in uh, Oregon right now, right outside of Portland, visiting my brother, who just bought a house and had a baby. So I'm an uncle, and I'm visiting the baby, and it's been really nice. I saw my sister in Eugene, Oregon, for a couple of days, then came closer towards the city to see my brother, and it's just been very relaxing. I have a week off, and I've been enjoying it. You are enjoying it. And I know that you're like getting some true like R&R in rest and relaxation because you you Mm -hmm. start to text me things like, we should do a retreat here. Look, I'm coloring. And wait, can we tell them the story about you coloring? (laughs) What about it? Okay. So Bradshaw has decided he's taken up coloring and it's great. (laughs) I love it. He sends me a picture of what he's coloring and he goes... So he sends me a picture and then underneath the picture, he texts, I'm an artist (laughs) (laughs) and he is, and I love it. And I think it's beautiful, but then we're joking because I'm going to, well, I started already. I'm taking a drawing in color class and actually this will fit in with the theme very nicely because we're using pastels, even though I'm familiar with a lot of art making tools and drawing and painting, but I've never used this material. So it is like a complete new beginning. Um, but Bradshaw's like so into drawing that he I'm not into drawing. He joked. <laughs> I'm into coloring, but yes. What are you into then? Co- what are you calling it? Color well coloring yeah. is drawing. Yeah, that's it's a- mark making. You know what? Mark making. That should be yeah. my new career. No, no, that's that's basically <laughs> what I'm about to tell him. Remember the joke you said you're gonna about my class. Uh, yeah, because I'm I'm a very much like fake it until you make it. And Gianna's the opposite, which is like she has to learn everything about something before she does anything with that thing. And I'm just like drawing. And so I was like, Gianna, what if I what if you showed up to your drawing class and I was the teacher? And he was the teacher. I I like died laughing, but I, because I can picture it. Because you, like, you could tell you could you can I'm imagine like, I walk me. into the classroom and it's Bradshaw and he's like, welcome everyone. We're going to be drawing in color today. And it's you leading the class because it is something that he would do. And then it made me think about how last on the last episode, we were talking about how Bradshaw's like, I don't have imposter syndrome. And I was like, wait a second. I I know why you don't have imposter syndrome. It's because you are just- You are the imposter. Imposter. Like you are a competent imposter. Um, so dumb, no, but, but I, I definitely, well. I definitely find that like the coloring helps with just like general anxiety and like focus. Like it gives me something to like focus on and kind of like I was. I don't know if I. I think I said this to you. It's like it's mindful and mindless all at the same time. Yeah, and I related it because I feel this way very much. It's like similar to when you get into that flow state in a yoga mm-hmm. class like I feel that similar flow state when I have like you know a pen to paper or whatever tool mm-hmm. I'm using and so yeah it's a very very grounding hobby to get into I will say my first pastel looks like a 12 year old did it or maybe even younger but well, my drawings look like a like someone who just learned how to draw did it, but that's my style. It's abstract young art. Thank you. The, and you're totally the type of person that like you draw something once and all of a sudden you're gonna sell it for millions and you like go viral. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, I don't need to do the like, retreats. Yeah, all I have to do is people are paying me for yeah, these drawings. People are collecting, collecting my drawings now. <laughs> 
I know, you know, in a weird way, that would totally happen to me. But that, but you know that that would happen to me. Exactly, it would happen to you, and I would just be like, if anyone wants to buy my drawings out there, just let me (laughs) see. It's been 84 years. (laughs) (laughs) I I work myself to the ground, and you're just like, you don't work yourself to to the the ground. That's not that's not an expression. Can I make my own expressions? No. Okay. Well, anyway, before we get into our topic, let's tell them what's going on in these next few months. We've got a yoga retreat. We actually only have one bed in a shared room left. So if you want to come to Nicaragua, you're a last minute type of person. We got one twin bed in a three person shared room. Check that out on our website, kayayogaschool.com. And then if you wanted to do our yoga teacher training, our 200 hour that we have, we have plenty of space. We're running a sale um, because this episode does not air until our, until Monday, we are going to extend the sale for podcast listeners. So just mention the podcast we have on our website that it ends on one fifteen January 15th, but $200 off our podcast listeners, check it out on our website. Can I just, I just want to add one thing because I really feel confident saying this. The quality of our training is really good. And I feel very confident in what we're providing and not to toot our own horns, but, um, I have two, two, uh, two, two. (laughs) I've been, I've been around a lot of 200 hour trainings and I can confidently say that what we're providing, I think is one of the best. So, uh, we would love for you to join and, um, you'll learn so much teachers, people who want to teach and people who just want to advance their practice. So message, message us, Gianna and I love leading these trainings. We love, uh, teaching. We love learning. We love be around people learning. So, uh, again, it's a great training. You should be there On to our topic. Uh, yes. which is actually about you signing up for the training. So no, just... <laughs> we just talked for an hour. Yeah. It's a sales pitch. No, 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 no. We're, we're not lose our audience. No, we're, we're talking about, um, how to start a yoga practice as it is the beginning of the year. And then kind of later in the episode, we'll talk about how to come back to your practice, but yeah. I, yeah, no, it's twofold. So it's mm-hmm. for newer students to build the confidence and consistency in maintaining a practice. And also for longtime yoga students who may be experiencing a lull and a disconnect from where they are in their current practice and how to like reignite the spark, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that when it comes to starting a yoga practice, there's a couple things that I think are really helpful. Mm -hmm. One, the first thing I would do is like, do you have anyone in your life that already practices yoga that may be able to give you some insight of teachers that they like or styles that they like or where to practice and uh, just kind of ask them general yoga sphere questions? What do you think, G? I agree. And I think it's great to connect with someone you have almost like a partner or an accountability Mm -hmm. buddy, but it's not necessary. You can also do this at home online on your own. So there's many different uh, avenues you can take with beginning your yoga journey. And I just want to point out a few, if you're intimidated to go to a yoga studio, try a class at your, your local gym. I think sometimes those can be less intimidating for some people because it's it's lower commitment if you're already a gym member you can just kind of experiment but also um you'll see so many different um abilities and bodies and people in the room and so that might feel more welcoming if you're brand new. yeah just more comfortable yeah and then also if if i've had people you know message me and they're like i've never taken a class before I'm scared to even just show up and, you know, maybe I don't know anything at all. Like how will I follow along for, for people like that there, I always recommend if you're more comfortable taking like a couple of private sessions, take private sessions, or just hop on YouTube. There's so many different teachers teaching on YouTube that can help provide you. So some general 
Yeah, some general foundations. Overview. At least you know some of the terminology and the alignment, and this will help you uh, mitigate your own expectations for what's about to happen. Well, not that. And, you know, if you have, I know not everyone has the financial means, but mm -hmm. if you have an extra, you know, if you do have financial means and you're like, get three privates, like find yeah. a teacher and like they can teach you the basics, you know, get get three privates, four privates, get a package mm -hmm. and learn the basics from a teacher. And then you're going to feel even more comfortable walking into a yoga room. You don't have to do that, but that is another way of doing that. If you're someone who's like, I need some context. I agree. And it's, you know, one of my favorite things to do as a yoga teacher is to work mm -hmm. with beginners. And so I always offer a package rate for beginner mm -hmm. students to build the confidence and the understanding of what to expect specifically in a vinyasa class. Cause I think that's yeah. what will kind of intimidate and confuse people the most is it's a faster paced flow class. And so if you aren't understanding what's happening, it can be overwhelming. Feel, you may feel like a beat or two behind. And so it, it helps provide more understanding or lost. Foundation. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, and I, I, mean, and I've I get seen that. I don't mean that. You know, yeah, of course. You're just like, what the fuck is going on? Like you have no idea what's going on. And that's then, then, and I don't like the reason that frustrates me is because that may deter someone from coming back. Yeah. Unfortunately, and that's the last thing we want teacher teachers want. And I think Bradshaw and I've talked about this before, but sometimes when we're leading, you know, a, a regular vinyasa class that is, and I'm doing air quotes, all mm -hmm. levels, and there's more than 20 people in the room. It's it's always mixed levels whenever there's more than one person in the room. But yeah, that's true. When you have like a large group, like 20 plus, it's so hard to accommodate everyone like that, that end range, you know, you're, we always say teach to the midline, but the, the range becomes greater from one end to the other when there's more bodies in the room. Yes. Do you know what I mean? And so yes. if you're a total beginner and you are feeling lost and there's a lot of people in the room and it's just going to like heighten that because mm -hmm. there's so much going on. And there's and some people it's harder for the teacher to accommodate, you know, things on one end of the spectrum versus the other. Mm -hmm. And we're all different learners. Some people can go in that space and be like, I don't know what's going on, but it doesn't get intimidating. And so if you're mm -hmm. someone who's just like, if you're someone who's good and like going into new spaces, you're like, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm going to figure it out. Then go to a public yoga class. But if you're someone, if that like that makes you insecure or overwhelmed, get some privates, go online. Um, there's so many other resources that you can use prior to entering a yoga room. You know, I was mm -hmm. just, I'm in Portland, like I was saying, and my sister really loves spin classes. And so my sister and I went to take a, um, they call it burn cycle, which is kind of like their soul cycle, you know, it's like a okay. very similar, but like they, it's not just like, they do some choreography, you know, like with on the bike, like on the bike. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, Ooh. And I was like, I don't know what the hell is going on. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like I was like, and I felt that kind of beginners. I was like, oh, all these people know what they're doing and I have no idea what I'm doing, which is, I thought was a really good place for me to be in as a yoga teacher. Cause you yeah. know, that feeling of being like, oh, I kind of feel out of place. Totally. And it puts you in the beginner's mindset again. And I yeah. think it's a good reminder for yes. yoga teachers to have that experience. Cause then mm -hmm. you'll remember what it's like to be new at yoga. I think for many yoga teachers, you've been practicing, you might've been teaching for a long time mm. or practicing for a long time, that that space between where you started and where you're at has become, you know, a lot greater. And so mm. how can you put yourself in the beginner's mindset again, mm. do something completely foreign to you? Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really great reminder. And just side note, the first time I went to Soul Cycle, I felt the exact same way. I remember my mm. sister and I did it together and we didn't know how to unclip our shoes from the bike. Yeah, and yeah. so like everyone left and we were just stuck there. Like <laughs> we like almost peed our pants laughing. So we're like, I guess. So we just took off the shoes. We're like, sorry, we left our shoes on the bike. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, we didn't know. Oh my we were God, stuck that is there. Hysterical. They all left us. What were we to do? <laughs> um, but I will say that like in environments like this, and maybe this will help some of you. It's just like the way that I frame it is like, oh, when I'm feeling like, oh my God, I, all these people are doing, doing this choreography and I don't know how to do it. 
I just come back to the space. I'm like, at least I'm here and at least I'm moving. And I 100%. think that that, and I think that that is a good thing to come back to. It's like, you don't have to. And, and that's the other thing is it's like another point for beginners. It's like, it's a practice for a reason. Mm-hmm. You come back again and again to learn more and it's mm-hmm. okay to be novice. It's okay to not know anything. And it's okay to learn things slowly. Like you don't have to learn everything really quickly. Like enjoy the process of the learning and let mm-hmm. it be slow. Don't try to overwhelm yourself with so much content, so much information. Yeah. I think that's a good, um, you know, almost like just tip or reminder is that you will build an understanding over time. It's not like you're going to go once and then like understand everything right away. Mm -hmm. And I think on the flip side, just from the teacher's perspective, the same can be true, especially at this time of the year, you know, I've seen my class numbers go up in the last two weeks because it is Mm -hmm. the new year and people are motivated to start Mm -hmm. some kind of wellness journey. And so I saw my my like morning class that gets five people now have 20. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm seeing this big increase and I'm looking at it as an opportunity to really make these new students feel welcome, welcome. and accommodated. Yeah. So a tip for teachers, if you're experiencing the same thing is like, keep in mind that this might be someone's very first time on their map. Mm-hmm. They might not know what a warrior one is. Like, can you be a little bit more descriptive in your queuing? Yeah. But also like Bradshaw said, don't say everything all at once. Cause you don't want to overwhelm them. So you need to have that. Yeah. That's such a, it's such like, a good point. Like, like for newer teachers found- too. Yeah, like great foundational um, cueing without being too much or overwhelming because Mm -hmm. we do want them to come back. Like just as much as they're not going to learn everything in one class, you can't say you're not going to teach everything in one class. Yeah, yeah. So edit yourself, but make sure you do provide. Like I always provide a little bit more detailed cues in in January and February because I do see so many many newer students. students. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like what are, what are like the basic fundamental cues that are that like the three simple things that you can say about or like ground your back foot down. Yeah. I'll give you like a, a, I don't want an example example. from you. I do not want an example. I'm just kidding. Do warrior one, do warrior one, do warrior one. I literally thought you were asking me for an example. Okay. (laughs) I think the difference is like, and I think you do this Bradshaw, you'll be like inhale warrior one. But Mm. if you know, you have a lot of beginners in your class tell them where to put their feet yeah yeah, like like when you have them step their foot forward ground your back heel down i've actually been doing that everyone just so you know i've been doing that you know like make sure your back foot is pointing diagonally towards this corner or whatever leg it is ground through your front foot inhale reach up you know now they know the positioning of their feet of, of the stance and so Again, you don't have to tell them everything. You don't have to tell them to like dig their feet in and hug their legs together, feel the adduction and then mm-hmm. pull the tailbone down and the ribs in. You don't have to do everything all at well, once. Just provide the foundation. Yeah. And if you get too nuanced, people are, you're going to lose people, especially new people, because they're going to have no idea what they're talking about, what you're talking about. Even experienced students, I find yeah. like sometimes you take them out of your, of their own uh, embodied experience when you're mm-hmm. like, do this, then that, then this, then yeah, that. And yeah. it's like, how much tweaking do I need to do? So just mm-hmm. say the basics, edit yourself, but make sure you provide a really good understanding for someone who may have never been in a warrior one or a warrior two before. Yes. You know? I think that's a really good point getting back to beginners. And I think that we've said this before is like, sometimes you don't have a great experience the first time you go. That doesn't mean you should never go back to a yoga class. You know, I think that for beginners, it's important to one, recognize that there's a yoga umbrella Mm -hmm. and then there's many different styles of yoga underneath that. I would also, I mean, you have Google, like, what are you looking for in your, (laughs) you know, no, I'm saying like, what are you looking for in your practice? Like someone's like, I really just want to relax. Mm-hmm. I really, then like, then like research, like I would advise, like all I want is relaxation and to regulate my nervous system to really calm down. I'd be like, you need restorative yoga, you know, exactly. like, you know, like, or I want to, uh, be more dynamic. I want to move more. I want to breathe more than vinyasa, like do some research on these different styles and figure out really what you're looking for. 
we have a really great episode now it's deep in the archives but um check out the episode we did last year it was our second episode ever the there's styles a style of yoga, of yoga for everyone because mm-hmm. that'll give you a really great foundation context all, yeah exactly and all these different styles but Bradshaw you're exactly right like sometimes the things that the thing I see the most is like when a student will come into my vinyasa class and they were anticipating like a deep stretchy mm-hmm. like in style class. And then they're like, they're so confused. They're lost. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I oftentimes will have students be like, you know, my doctor told me I needed a stretch more. Yeah. And so like they come to vinyasa and they're like, that wasn't as like stretchy, even though, you know, it, it is, but it's more, you know, uh, dynamic. I couldn't think of that word. They're thinking it's going to be more like static holds. I'm like, oh, let me point you in the right direction. So it's good to like read the descriptions, find what you're looking for. And also know that you may go for an experience and it's not what you enjoy and know that there's many other teachers, many different styles, and you shouldn't Mm -hmm. stop trying yoga because you had mm-hmm. one experience that didn't live up to your expectation. I mean, and I, I'm I'm being very frank. I've had people that have come to my class that have the, it's their first class and they didn't like it. Yeah, and then they and ask it, you. It, it didn't have to do with class. me. It wasn't like, they're just, yeah. yeah, they're just like, that wasn't like what I was expecting. That was too challenging. I want something easier. I want, you know, and I'm just like, that's totally fine. I always, when that happens to me, I always just point them in the right direction. Has like, that happened oh, to you, G? Yeah, remember I told the story on the podcast that the person who my vinyasa two three wasn't challenging enough. Oh yeah, that I, you love that girl. <laughs> <laughs> I I had that fight with my ego, but I had to like rack my brain and point her in a direction that would have been you know more accommodating, more for what suiting. She's looking for. Yeah, 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 and I'm happy to do that. I think communicating with the teacher is key. And speaking of that, I think it's really helpful when a student comes up to me before class and tells me that they've never taken a yoga class before, because yeah, yeah, then yeah. I'm able to watch them a little bit more and go over when I need to. Oh. And yeah. And accommodate their needs. Like I might bring them a prop. I might, you know, go over and like point, like move your foot over mm-hmm. here, so, you know, things like that so that they don't feel as lost. Yeah. And I, something I do, and this may be a little just like side note for teacher for teachers when you have newer students in the class, for example, I had a, a class, there was almost 40 people in there. There were two people you could tell they had never done yoga before. You could just tell, usually they're still wearing their socks. Okay. You know, that's, you know, when they're like still wearing their socks, like it's usually a guy, some straight, a straight guy, like who's still wearing his Nike socks and you're like, you can take the socks off. I know. Um, Have you ever had someone with their sneakers on? Yeah. yeah. On their yoga mat, on their yoga mat. Yeah. And I'm just like, then I'm just like yoga and I'm like, what's going on there? Let's take the shoes off. Yeah. You're like, are you? Hey, I want to talk about your shoes. I had one guy say his feet were disgusting. He wouldn't take his socks off. And I'm like, okay, that's actually totally fine. Um, But <laughs> like I had these two people in the back of the room. And this one guy was just like, obviously did not like had, you could tell he had never done it. And I was like, okay, how can I, like, I'm teaching so many chaturangas. I'm like, mm-hmm. how can I show him what this is? And so what I did is there, there was room by next to his mat. Mm-hmm. So I cued a, Runga up dog down dog and I did it right next to him. Yeah. I, I like so I was like that. sometimes I was like, when I was like I was like watch you me. whispered in his ear. You know what I mean? Got, and so like yeah, okay. yeah. You got watch me. I said I said I said my like your socks and your shoes. Watch me, Sani. No. But um, would you I, go back to that class? <laughs> yeah, he came back and he said, I, I thought I was your daddy. And I was like, no, my biological daddy. Um <laughs> <laughs> no, but oh I think goodness. that like sometimes in that environment, if there's that many people and you can like that person is really struggling, I think that's helpful because it's just like, hey, I see you. I don't want to call you out and be like, what are you doing? But like, can yeah. you and I know that you're looking around, follow along at least with this. At least I can show you what a chaturanga looks like. Yeah. Even if it's not perfect, you have some reference. And I, what do you think about that, G? I think it is helpful. I have worked at studios where made that where they made that a requirement. Like if you see mm. someone lost to like go over and do that. And at first I thought that was 
weird because I was like, well, I don't want to make the person feel like a loser who mm-hmm. like needs special help. But they usually and- know they need special help. <laughs> Stop. No, no, well, I don't mean that in a mean way. I'm like, they know, they know they don't know what's going on. They're not stupid. But a lot of times because I I get like overly empathetic. I'm like, oh, I don't want to call anyone out. I don't want to make mm. anyone feel like too seen, too vulnerable. Mm. But then I've gotten such good feedback from it where I was like, oh, that was so helpful. Like, thank yes. you. And so I got more comfortable doing that. So and it's it's so much better to just go and do the thing rather than to like actually verbally single mm-hmm. someone out. Like I would never verbally no, no, single no, no, no. someone out. Well, you could also you could also show them show them and then after class be like hey i know i showed you but let me explain to you what i did yeah exactly i think that's a really great follow-up it also helps you as a teacher like build a relationship with your students so it it's mm-hmm. you're not only helping them but at that's least the a cool great... ones yeah <laughs> i don't know how the cool ones are the ones that wear their sneakers and socks <laughs> <laughs> no but i think that's a good tip i also will try to do that a few times, like not yeah, to the yeah, same yeah. person, not to the same person, but around the room. So it's not mm. like they're singled out. It's like, oh, this is something that I do. Like, for mm-hmm. example, if I'm, you know, having them do a warrior two to one side of the room, then I'll go to that side of the room and usually demo that thing just for a brief second. I'm not a big demoer, but I'll just like kind of I call it mime. I like mime yes. emotions of it. That's one of those things where I'm like. It all depends on the situation. I'm mm-hmm. not going to like black, like um, you shouldn't demo or you should demo or you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that. It's like, it all depends on like the vibe of the room sometimes. 100%. It's like in general, I don't demo, but it, say I have six people who have never done anything before. It's like, then I'm going to need to show them something because sometimes it de- like, if you have six people who have never done yoga before, you they need, need they need a visual. They need a visual. Yeah. They need a visual. So I, I um, when they're like, oh, like the, the thing is, is to demo or not to demo. And I think that like, I think what the right thing is, is somewhere in the middle, even though I usually don't demo. I'm just saying that like I a, a part of the teacher's more. job, especially with new students or uh, or a variety of levels is to read the room, mm-hmm. read the room. I'll demo a little bit more in a vinyasa one than I do in a. Of course. General vinyasa, or, or I don't demo at all in a vinyasa two, three, or Do power. You, but can I just tell you though something, Jean? It's been really interesting that's happening to me because I see, I don't teach vinyasa ones, but I sub them often. Mm-hmm. And um, all of the students that take the V ones that I teach have a really strong foundational practices. And then when I teach a two or three, they don't. I, I can't speak to that. I but don't know why. It's so weird. I think people just take the time that fits in their schedule. But I also think there's something to be said for the vinyasa ones where the pacing is definitely more moderate to the slower side. Mm-hmm. And so maybe people who like to move that move at that tempo, regardless of, you know, what you know, classification, they, they would be in according to their ability, you know, they're, they're just going. Yeah. Um, anyway, what was I going to say? Oh, I was talking about demoing. I was the only time I demo in a two, three class is when we workshop a posture. It's like, Oh, I'll demo crow pose or I'm breaking something down. Mm -hmm. So otherwise in vinyasa two, three classes, like I like to give moments of freedom. I'm like, okay, take a few sun salutation A's on your own mm. and I'll let the music turn up a little bit. I'll let them uh, improvise where they want to. They get yeah, you, there's more free reign. Float. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, cause I think part of cultivating a yoga practice and a deeper yoga practice is being intuitive. And I think if you're taking two threes, you really should have the capacity to like, listen to the body and know how to like respond organically Mm -hmm. and the movements that, you know, your body needs. And so, yeah, so I'll, I'll play with a little bit more freedom there, but to get back to the beginners, I just want to give like a few tips and we've, we've touched on them, but I just want to summarize them briefly. First 
tip is like start where you can your gym at home, great YouTubes or your local studio. A lot of times studios will have deals for first time students, whether it's your first class free or a week or two, uh, you know, for a discounted price. So, you know, start where you can, especially financially, see what works. And um, I would mention if you are going in person, tell your teacher, talk to your teacher, mm -hmm. ask what props you need. If you're starting at home, if you don't have props and you just want to be low investment, I would substitute some so like really great ways to substitute. If you don't have blocks, take some thick textbooks, you mm -hmm. know, or like a thick book. That's a really great substitute for a prop. You could always use folded up blankets as a bolster or even as a block if you want. You could also to. just use a couple pillows. Yeah, a couple pillows. I I often teach virtual restorative and I have them take like their couch cushions. I'm like, all right, mm -hmm. let's like build a fort, like be playful mm -hmm. about it. And then and then have a oh have an open mind. Like be uh willing to be a sponge, you know, and absorb the information. Ask questions after class if you need to. And like Bracha said moments ago, you know try different teachers. It's sort of like finding a therapist. You need to find your right fit. And so and also fit with the first, try a second, third, fourth, you know. And also know that like you can ask questions and don't try to absorb all the information. The information will come organically. It, it'll come with repetition and practice, yep. which leads me to the next little tip, which is consistency. Like mm -hmm. consistency is key. And so Gianna, when you're learning well, anything, you know, how, how do you learn repetition? So like you just have to go again and again. And while the classes, especially if you're teaching vinyasa, may not be the same, you'll start to put together the puzzle pieces and like see the similar elements. Like, okay, this is a warrior one. This is a warrior two. You know, this is a salutation. Little by little, those things will be- They'll start to add up. You know, up. more apparent. Oh yeah. And I think another good point is like, uh, I'll, I'll get, I get this question a lot from newer students is like, how many times should I be doing this a week? How many times should I be coming? And I think to not like to be consistent and not overwhelm yourself, I think starting off two to three times a week, I think that's really good. What do you think? Yeah. If even, I mean, two times, I think for sure. Yeah. I, I really would encourage newer students to like, I, I'm a big journaler. I know you journal, but like whenever you're introducing something new, and I am doing this in my own life and practice. Like right now I'm doing like a brain retraining thing. And so like once I do some of these brain retraining exercises, which are new, I'm like, okay, I need to journal on it to see the effects it has. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think this is a good way to help build the connection to your practice and to your body. It's like after you do a practice, maybe that night or uh, even the next day, just like in your journal, if you keep one, notice if you have any like subtle differences like how are you feeling mm -hmm. in your mind and your body can you attribute anything to just creating this new habit and mindfulness-based practice mm -hmm. and and if and notice the soreness are you feeling sore to the point where like you are like unable to get on and off the toilet then maybe you take a little break you know like <laughs> if it hurts to go up the stairs if you break your you leg know? in the first couple of weeks like maybe take a break you know but only if it's actually broken and you have a doctor's note I'm yes exactly only a doctor's note um no but I, i'm just encouraging that connection because i think it'll bleed back into you know what you're doing which is essentially building that connection between mind and body and then eventually uh, you know spirit but yeah, that, that'll take a bit. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that that's, th those are all really good points and insight into people that are just starting yoga practice, I think for, and we talked a little bit about the teacher side of it, but kind of to, to talk a little bit more about the teacher side of beginners and teaching beginners is like, be welcoming. Yeah. And I think that this is something that I can work on just because I teach a lot of classes. So sometimes I can just like come in and do the thing and leave. But like I try to be more mindful in the first, you know, February, January, February, March. And we have a lot more like newer students. It's just like being kind and welcome every, every welcoming new people and welcoming everyone is going to make everyone feel seen more and feel safe. And so I think that that is important. You know, and talk and talking to that too as well as well, being like, hey, I know there's a lot of new people in here. You may have just started to practice. Just 
be grateful that you're here and that you're moving. This is a practice. It takes time to learn it. Don't get overwhelmed. So happy you're here. Like bringing up those themes in classes, I think are good. I agree. And I just was going to add on, like, don't underestimate like the small act of like building that one-on-one attention and connection of just like saying hi to someone as they Mm. walk in the door, like looking them in the face and, you know, smiling or whatever. I think another thing that's come up for me, I think this is actually a very good point. So if you're a yoga teacher at the beginning of the year, especially at the beginning, since you have so many new students really keep it simple. Like I Mm -hmm. wouldn't do something that's too intricate in terms of like philosophy, too intricate in terms of anatomy, too intricate in terms of sequencing. I would keep everything pretty simple. Do you think that's a good point? Do you know what, do you know what I'm saying? Like, like as you say at the beginning of the year. We always are, you know, advocates for simplicity, simplicity because I think that things can be engaging or advanced without being overly complicated you mm-hmm. you know simplicity can still be challenging if you wanted to you know bring a challenge to it so mm-hmm. so i i don't think simple means easy is what i'm saying but i think when you add in complicated sequences it mm-hmm. I think sometimes it complicates things like, oh, th- yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, when you add in complicated sequences, it complicates things because I am smart. Um, <laughs> no, but I'm just thinking about how a lot of times I remember feeling the pressure to be like creative and unique and bring mm-hmm. something new to the practice. And I'd like have like 20 poses in one side. I'm like, okay, what am I doing? I don't think mm-hmm. I ever actually had 20, but I definitely have more than 10, No, I'm... you know, and I don't think it's necessary. It's not necessary. You're not going to, I would say one of the biggest mistakes of better class. Yeah. Go. I would say biggest mistakes of new teachers. That is the yeah. biggest mistakes. Like they overcomplicate things. So like, yeah. especially if you just started teaching, it's the beginning of the year. Like I, we're not saying it has to be easy, but like, keep it simple, simplify things. Mm-hmm. Ugh, there's, it's one of my here- biggest frustrations working with new teachers. I'll be like, simplify what you're teaching. And then they don't, they make it more confusing. I'm like, why are you, you're making it harder for yourself. Yeah. Why are you and doing this? I want this to like, I think this is a good point. I think this is a good segue to mm-hmm. talk about experienced students as well, because mm-hmm. I believe that even in the simplicity, experienced students can gain awareness. Like I think sometimes experienced students will be anticipating like what's what's next and actually like move faster than necessary. Like, I don't know if you find this to be true, Bradshaw, but like I often teach a lot of ladder sequences and this is Mm -hmm. a whole other topic, but Ladder sequences are sequences that repeat and build up. For example, maybe I have them do a warrior one and then a vinyasa and then a warrior one on the other side, then a vinyasa, Mm. and then I'll do it again, warrior one. And then this time I'll add on, let's say, just say pyramid pose and then vinyasa do it on the other side. And then again, so then they, so they do it the repetition starts to build up and now they know what to anticipate. So they've got Mm -hmm. their warrior one, their pyramid pose. And then from pyramid, maybe they go into uh, an airplane or something, you know, I'm just making this up on the spot, but like I'll add progressively a few poses and they'll repeat it a few times until eventually they have a string of sequences that feels really familiar in their bodies. And oftentimes, Mm -hmm. and I never overly complicate the sequence, although I don't, typically do it as simple as the example I just gave, but, um, I'll see like students who obviously have taken yoga a handful of times or more, they like will jump ahead because Mm -hmm. they're like catching on. That shows me that they're like already onto the next rather than just present with, Mm -hmm. I was Mm -hmm. like, are you just kind of like going, going through through the motions? Check, check, check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I think there's something to be said also for experienced yoga practitioners to just slow it down. Yeah, that's such a good slow point. Slow down your practice. And I, I think with that said, you know, this is the new year. You know, I, I'm a big firm believer in like you can begin 
again and again, like at any point in life, whether mm -hmm. it's, you know, January 1st or, you know, the middle of summer, but it symbolically, I think finding something you'd like to begin again with is really helpful and just like reinforcing your commitment and your consistency to, to whatever practice you're um, engaging in. And so I think a lot of times, or I don't want to make big generalizations, but for me, sometimes I, do. I will, you want generalizations? Well, I'll go through lulls with things and then like, I'll get discouraged if I'm, if I've taken too much time off from something, I'll get discouraged and I'll be like, I don't know. You get, you get used to the pattern that, yes, that you created. Yeah. So, yeah. And so I think just symbolically right now is a good time to begin again, whether you're finding yourself in a lull or you've never, you know, lost any consistency. Can you slow down? Can you begin again from that like beginner's mindset and connect to your practice in a new way? I find that uh, my experience with a lot of yoga teachers or people who practice for a long period of time is there always is that kind of like second coming back like that, that like starting mm -hmm. over, you know, where it's just like, okay, I've been practicing for five years. I'm coming back to the basics. I, I feel like I've known a lot of teachers that have done that. Um, and I well, think that's, that's exactly a really good I thing. Mean. That's exactly what I mean. Cause I know both you and I have had this experience yes, where major. Like, for, for I think like a lot of time in like the middle of, you know, we're both teaching 10 years ish. Mm -hmm. I'm at nine and a half, you're at 12, but whatever, I'm taking the average. Um, I feel like that midpoint, I was like all about the arm balances, the mm -hmm. inversions, the mm -hmm. harder, the faster, the, you know, yeah, for sure. I was max too. effort or whatever. And I was like, I wanted to get my leg behind my head and I wanted to friggin' like bind. I find that to be very common in the kind of the night. How do I, how do I term this G that like naivete of the practice or like the younger, the fresher. I think it's a fine line because I think it's great to have goals, but I think for it's sure. also, I think it's also different when it's ego driven. So. Yes. And physically, like, I think that a lot of like people that just started practicing yoga because the physical brings them in the, like yeah. the intensity of the physical is what they tend to focus on. And I'm not saying that's a horrible thing. I'm just saying that, that I do think that that's common. I agree. And we were there. That's why we're mm -hmm. sharing it. We're not mm -hmm. saying, Oh yeah, for sure. hundred judgment or critique in any way. No, that's why I was but like, I do handstands, handstands, handstands. <laughs> Yeah, and you literally just walk around screaming. My <laughs> so like I went to this teacher. And I went to this teacher in the West Loop, and I think he's gonna kill me. Um, so, <laughs> well, I think what we're saying is, while that serves a purpose and it's great to have goals, there's so much nuance and so much to learn in slowing down and becoming intimate with your practice in a different way. A lot of times I think we like snow, I'm saying like a general, we, uh, especially if you're taking the two threes and the powers, like we tend to snowball through postures and you can lose a lot of the integrity of those mm -hmm. postures when it's just like, boom, boom, the skillfulness, boom. this. Yeah. Yeah. So like, can you take a moment to return to the beginner's mindset. Now, of course, you have more foundation, you have more experience and knowledge, but can you integrate those um, foundational principles in a way that can help refine your technique and your practice? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we're in the dead of winter, at least in the Northern hemisphere. So like, for me, like energetically, this is a time of like slowness. It's not yes. nudity. really a time. What? Oh no! Did no you just say nudi nudity? Nudity. Yeah. Nudity. <laughs> just, just randomly nudity. <laughs> um. Oh, on a side note, and you guys can write into us and give us your um, your feedback. Brach and I are like thinking about doing a retreat where there's hot springs and nudity would be involved and we're like is that weird well no 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 is it's that... not that nudity would be it's it okay let, let's let's kind of reframe that more which more is, context well, yeah we need a little more context poll. yeah okay, so okay. it's it's not that like 
it's hot springs and a lot a lot of these hot spring locations people are naked you don't have to be naked but a lot of people are naked in the hot springs outside of the yoga retreat so would you feel comfortable would you feel comfortable in a space where there's men and women and all uh, now let's also be very clear there's rules that people have to abide by in these spaces with the nudity Right. It's not like it's not a free for all. It's yeah, just that people are. No, not, no, no, no. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not that kind of retreat. I mean, Gianna leads those kinds of retreats on her own. Um, <laughs> but like, the, I mean, these, and it's it's. Yeah. So it, again, it's not like a sexual thing. It's just people have to this happen is, to be this naked. Is an informal am I literally am I literally getting like am I getting too informal? Yeah. I'm just saying hot springs. No, would you be down? People are going to be ideas. naked. Like people would, if there would be people who probably would be naked, <laughs> what do you feel comfortable with that? I like, I, yeah. Okay. Whatever. Moving What's on. your answer? Are you comfortable with it? I'm totally comfortable with it. I, if I was leading the retreat would not be naked. Oh, I just think 100%. that that's inappropriate. Not, neither would I yeah. for many but, reasons. But I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest with you guys. When G and I, um, stay together in the same room we do sleep with each other naked on the retreats no, and no, no, it no, is no. not you, sexual you it's friendship. do you do it's actually <laughs> uncomfortable for me i Gianna feel Jones. like we need an hr, <laughs> HR department we need an hr department but it would literally be me i'd be hr so i'd have to like write you up <laughs> i'd be like why didn't you pack your pajamas like, you're like, who owns pajamas literally um honestly so it was terrible wait how did we even get to this how did we even get to this i don't know because you literally said nudity at a, in the middle of nowhere and then it oh. that we were talking about this last night <laughs> yes um all right let's get back on track thank you i love when you rein it in for us do you have any um last thoughts about, you know, experienced students who may be beginning again and, you know, trying to find either a deeper connection to their practice or just more consistency in their practice. Yeah. I think it's actually very similar advice to what I would get, give to people that are just starting their practice, which is simplicity. Can you find some nuance in the foundations? Mm -hmm. Is there something that you can explore in the foundations and the postures that you do all the time, not the crazy arm balances and inversions? Can you focus, if you're someone who really focuses on the physical, maybe you come back to your practice where you're doing a similar flow, but like the, the focus of that class is more of your breath or yeah. where your mind goes or um, your meditation, like different aspects of your practice. How do you practice nonviolence when you practice? How do you practice self-compassion when you practice? Mm -hmm. How do you uh, learn more about your nervous system while you practice? You know, so taking different lenses. Yeah, I think those are all really great key takeaways. And you actually just made me think of so many different things. One is that, I'm reminded of the conversations we had in Joshua Tree with our retreat group. All of the people who came to that retreat are students that we've worked with closely in, you know, group classes. Mm -hmm. We've known them. We've known their practice. We've known they've practiced at least for a year or so, um, some for five plus years more. Some teachers. Some teachers. Yeah. And one of the biggest things that we heard over and over for these experienced practitioners is that they're still learning to connect to their breath. Yes. Yes, like yes, yes. That's a great point. Going That's through, a good point. They were going through the movement and they might in, you know, I'm doing my air quotes, have a physically advanced practice bodied in the flow state and connected to their breath. And so I think this is a good reminder. Yes. And the first a great part point. of what you said, you know, to, um, to really build a deeper relationship with their breath and linking the breath to movement. If you're doing vinyasa or really feeling like, you can, you know, expand through the diaphragm or whatever it is. Like maybe you're trying to um, feel more connected to your pranayama. Maybe you're trying to just, you know, make one movement last the entirety of the inhale and the entirety of the exhale without, you know, that jumping ahead that I mentioned earlier. So there's so many different 
things that people will get hung up on with with the breath? And can you can connect with that? I, I you know, and I think that comes back to again simplicity. It's really, really hard yeah. when you. It's slow really, it down. really hard when you slow it yeah. down and you're like things aren't as intricate. It's much easier to focus in on the breath. It's very hard when everything's kind of when you're trying to do a thousand things at once. So, yeah. like for someone who's been practicing for a while, simplifying your practice is going. I think going to make it easier to find your breath. I agree. And then the other thing you mentioned, which is like compassion and like how can you practice ahimsa, which you know the nonviolence, the harm. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times with these, again in quotes, experienced yoga practitioners, I will see more ego in their practice. Like I'll see mm -hmm. them try to like force a bind that maybe their body just isn't, isn't there ready for that day but they're using their hands shoving things against things i'm really mm -hmm. trying to crank their spine especially those twisty binds and it's like maybe it's time you recognize like oh this is actually not honoring my yes. body i'm not listening to those internal cues mm -hmm. and feedback like maybe my practice has gotten caught up a little bit in ego if you're trying to force and crank can you see it as an act of harm or violence against your body to like force and squeeze and can you be kinder and more gentle and compassionate with yourself and just be like okay let me meet myself where i am today honor that and then continue to practice in a through the lens of like self-care like i'm Nantic, here to yeah. take care of myself not to like compete with myself yes because i think yes. a lot of times we're like competing with our own egos rather than you know a neighbor anyone around me and I, i'm guilty oh, of this. for I sure remember, yeah, i think you know bef before i i could hold a handstand for a certain amount of time i was like throwing myself up over and over again like like without any integrity just like I must do it I must do it and then I would like walk mm -hmm. away from my practice like not necessarily feeling good I'm like yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, then why did I why did I do that if I'm just going to be disappointed in myself yeah and that's to me now that I know more I'm like that's not yoga yeah that's not like like we come to the practice to take care of ourselves and we want to walk away feeling better than we did coming in. Yes. So, yeah, I think those are good reminders, Bradshaw. And I think both you and I are, if you can't tell, we're big fans of slowing down, of like maintaining that beginner's mindset. We both talked about, um, well, you just talked about the experience of, you know, the going, going cycling, soul cycling, I guess I don't mm -hmm. want to, what is, what was it? Burn cycle, burn cycle. You know, being a beginner yeah. in that class. Yeah. Burn cycle right now. I'm learning to draw with pastels. My drawings look like 12 year olds, but like, okay, I'm doing it. I'm learning. I'm mm. connecting dots. Both types of experience. I, I just want to end with this for yoga teachers, do something new, do something new that you might be bad at. And mm -hmm. allow yourself to remember what it's like to be beginner. This will help you build what it, an understanding and more compassion for the new student. What's your advice for teachers seeing. like me who like, what are your, what's, what's your that? advice for teachers like me who are good at everything they try that that's new? Like they're just naturally good at stuff. First piece of advice would be stop being dilute, just like stop being delusional. Like let yourself come back down to earth, like poke a little hole in your inflated ego and take it for what it is. <laughs> but yeah, I think that there's no matter where you are in your teaching, if you're not open to growing, you're not doing something right. 100%. Okay. So Bradshaw, cancel, explore, commit. Every class that you teach from the for the rest of your life is going to be like January 1st. <laughs> so extreme. So, I know. So it's just like a lot of new people, it's an influx mm -hmm. and it's and it's crowded. That's what that means. Okay, or the type of class where it starts big but you have like a handful of people leave. 
So maybe you start with 20 people and at least five leave. Okay. And the third, you're, I'm looking at you, you're looking real serious. And then the third is just a small, intimate group that you know well, and it's like always the same five people, small class, you know. I mean, I can't, well. okay. Cancel the second one. Okay. You don't want anyone to leave. Mm -mm. Okay. Explore the first one. Okay. And commit to the last one. I'm on the same page as you. When people leave, when people leave, I literally want to, I want to take them. I want to roll them up into a ball and I want to throw <laughs> them into a volcano. Okay. But you also know that it's not personal. Some people might have my, diarrhea. Some my sister-in-law like, sister just heard that. <laughs> <laughs> you know that, it, you know, it's not personal, but it's even still, it's not personal. I, it's drag. We're doing drag. Okay. But even still, you don't like it. You get, you know, we talked about this on the last episode. You get self-conscious for someone so confident you get self-conscious there no i just think it's rude i understand that no 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 oh wait this this let's a whole other topic let's let's not go into this right now all right what is the funny thing about yoga okay the funny thing about yoga is there's this girl who came to my class and there were 47 49 people in there she signed up she came in six minutes late and there was no more mats left and i was teaching because this is and, a, at a place that at a, people borrow mats a lot. Yes, yes. And I was teaching and she and she walks in and I'm like, it's just the beating class, very quiet. And she's like, so sorry, Emily. And I'm like, there are no mats left. And like, there's no, like, there's no room to practice. She's like, but I signed up. And I'm like, class started six minutes ago. Yeah. And I was like, that's the funny thing, girl, because be on time. Thank you. Be on time. We love a timely student but she was like what's funny to me is like she's like shocked yeah that there's the, no like she's the like audacity, oh my god how like, is there how is there no here. more space it's like you literally didn't come on time you literally okay. are late okay unreal i mean related question but a question in between our stories do you think and we might have talked about this do you think there needs to be like front desk cut off like if you're more than like what two minutes late or if you're at class time like are you like what's your cutoff uh um, if you're more than 10 minutes late, you shouldn't go. See, I, I agree, but I think probably under 10 minutes, but here's the thing. If I start teaching and let's just say I start the class in a child's pose and it's quiet, I don't want anyone coming in during it's that so child's annoying. pose. And it's always the people who have the Velcro yoga oh my God. straps mm -hmm. and they come in and it's already quiet and I'm instructing breath and it's like, you hear the Velcro rip and I'm just like, can you not? Yeah. So I like to tell them to just wait at the back of the room. At least let me get past. Integrate everyone. You know, yeah. Get past that one, you know, moment of silence. It might be someone's only moment of silence all day Yeah, um, I agree. that you're ruining. So I think if you come straight after that quiet moment. Cool. But if it's anything longer than that, then no, no, no. Okay. So here's my funny thing about yoga. The other day I was subbing a class. It was a morning class. Someone else had the studio prepped or whatever. I guess the heat was on. It was like snowing actually. And so it was warm in the room, but definitely not hot. I would say it was in the eighties. From the moment I walked in, I already got complaints. I had someone come up to me and complain and I was like, okay, literally we still have 10 minutes till class. Like calm down. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to fix everything, fixed everything, started teaching class. This person was opposite person. I know Brad, yeah. told a story about this. It's like, <laughs> I was like, it's my favorite, you know, really trying to emphasize, um, muscular strength in the backside body. And he'd be like rounding and, and like folding. And I'm like, okay, that's literally not what we're doing, but okay. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then for some reason, like he left in the middle of class, like, you know, you made me think about this. Cause you're like, Oh, I don't like when people leave. And I was wondering, I was like, I was like, I don't think he likes my sequencing. Cause he's like opposite person and he left, but then he came back like maybe a legitimate two minutes later. And then he left one more time, right before the end. I was like, why, like, why are we coming in yeah, and out? Like what's going on? <laughs> and so I definitely thought he hated class and 
after class, I was like, okay, never going to see this person again. But he comes up to me and he's like, when else are you teaching? It was great class. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it literally happens every time. And I was like, so confused. I was like, wait, you actually, you liked class? And then I, then my self-conscious ass is like, maybe he's asking when I actually teach that he avoids those classes. He doesn't come. <laughs> but like, no, when do you teach? Was... Really? We can't wait to come back. Wink, wink. Wink, wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we have so many fun things coming up uh, besides Nicaragua. Stay tuned to our, for our retreat in um, Starved Rock over the summer. That's way out in July, but you could snag a bunk while we still have them. And we'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening. Do you have anything to add? Yeah. I mean, Gianna and I have been talking about retreats, locations. Like I said, we were just talking about uh, locations, the hot, the hot springs, which I think would be amazing. Yeah. Um, but we're, we we want to hear from you. Like, where do you want to go? What are locations that you're interested in? Um, what do you want to see? What do you want to do on a retreat? We're always willing and we want to hear what you want so we can make that happen. We can make a lot that's happen. A, that's a good point. And also we're going to start resuming our Q and a episodes. So if there's mm -hmm. something you want us to speak about on the podcast, that's another thing, just mm -hmm. slide into our DMS, send us your questions and, you know, stay with us. And always rate, review, subscribe. The thing is, is I've actually um, created an algorithm for people who don't review and then you can never listen to again. So hope you can rate, review, subscribe, but we hope to hear you soon. Let us know topics. Let us know how you're feeling, if you're enjoying the podcast, and we will talk to you soon. Enjoy your week. Bye. Bye, everyone. Come fly with me. Let's fly. Let's fly away. If you could use some exotic booze, there's a bar in Fall Bombay. Frank Sinatra. <laughs>